Please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, reign in us today. Bring your kingdom among us, to us, that we may know that you are for us in all that you do, and that we may live for you with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. So, on this uh, Christ the King, or Reign of Christ Sunday, all of our lessons have to do with kings. The first lesson is is a uh, prayer of David, the king that uh, lived uh, and that uh, represented for Israel the pinnacle of their uh, of their their of the kingdom that God established in them. And David rightfully uh, hears God's word and says. Uh, and, and recognizes that when you rule, that, that rulers are called to rule justly and with fear of the Lord, um, with, with an understanding that God's word guides their actions. That, that's, that when that happens, uh, God is pleased that this is, this is what we would hope for. In the, uh, in the lesson that we read from uh, Revelation today, Jesus is proclaimed as, did you catch this, this title? Not only um, the faithful witness and the firstborn of the dead, but He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. That sounds pretty good, right? The ruler of the kings. <laughs> we say king of kings sometimes, lord of lords. Um, Jesus is that for us. But that's actually even more than that. It's uh, ruler of the kings of the earth was a title reserved for Caesar, for the ruler of Rome, uh, the Roman Empire that was so powerful at that time. Their ruler was the ruler of the kings of the earth. There's nobody stronger. But in our lesson today, John writes, you, Jesus, are the ruler of the kings of the earth, not Caesar. It's in that light that we come to the gospel where the power of Rome is contrasted with the power of Jesus. Where Jesus' kingdom comes before Pilate. This strange man who we know very little about, but who... So many know his name. Why? Because he's, he's one of five people, one of five names in the creed, right? God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's three. Mary, there's four. And Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate. So that we all know his name as a way of recognizing that there is power in the world, that God's reign is above it, beyond it, outside of it. It encompasses it. It doesn't work to overpower it. Jesus, did did you see in in this gospel, this encounter where Jesus is 
in front of Pilate, and Pilate literally holds his life in his hands at this point. He's the one who can, you know, the scene from Gladiator comes to mind where you give the thumbs up or the thumbs down, and that determines whether he lives or he dies. That's not what Pilate is doing here, but he has the same power. He seems to have that power over Jesus. At least in the eyes of the world. But not in the eyes of Jesus. And so Jesus stands before him, and he doesn't stand before him with fear. He doesn't stand before him begging or pleading and saying, please, Pilate, understand my point of view, right? Please, Pilate, come to, uh, come to my defense. He doesn't, do, he doesn't even bother with any of that. Why? Because Pilate's power is not the concern of Jesus. Because Pilate's power is contained wholly and completely within Jesus' reign, his kingdom, and his power. Jesus doesn't deny being a king. He doesn't claim being a king, mostly because he doesn't, he doesn't understand. He knows that his way of being the king doesn't even fit with our definitions of what a king is. Jesus stands before Pilate not as one standing before the one who has power over him, but as the one who has given him what little power he has. Jesus stands before us and we are in the same place. Pilate in the Gospels is, is represented often as running back and forth, trying to decide what to do. He goes out to the Jews. He comes back in to talk to Jesus. He, goes, he sends Jesus to Herod. He, comes, he gets Jesus back and he makes determinations. He goes to his wife to ask her uh, uh, about what she has heard and seen. He comes back. He talks to Jesus some more. He's constantly going back and forth, trying to figure out, who, what am I supposed to do? In the midst of all of that, Jesus stands. And as Pilate scurries about back and forth trying to figure out how to control this and keep himself in power, how to make uh, the, the world and the, and the people around him be what he uh, envisions it, it needs to be, Jesus is simply there, present, standing, saying, I am. I wonder sometimes if that's not a good picture of us. As we encounter Jesus and His strange way of being who He is, a way that is so different from everything that we do in life. 
I look at my own life and I know that sometimes I'm a lot more like Pilate, scurrying about trying to figure out uh, all of the opinions, all of the questions, all of the understandings. Uh, who, who's going, what's going to happen if I say this? What's going to happen if I do that? Uh, do, have I considered all of the options? Have I made the best choice? Is this the only thing that I have in, in my authority? Where should I ser- assert my power? Where should I step back? I'm asking these questions constantly. Aren't you? And we scurry about running, trying to create the right system in the right place in the, and to make sure that it all fits together nicely so that who can stay in power? Uh, me. You. Us. And in the midst of it, Jesus stands. And we run around Him, <laughs> through Him, towards him, away from him. But Jesus stands as the Alpha, the beginning, as the Omega, the end, as the true power, the King, the ruler of the kings of the earth, the one who has all the power and knows how to use it without scurrying. Years ago, Bishop Eaton, when she was still the bishop here in Northeast Ohio before she was elevated to be presiding bishop for the ELCA, for our national church. I remember uh, she gave a description of Sunday morning for us pastors. <laughs> and I know how, how poignantly it fits me as I frantically try to finish up the last minutes of things I deem so important that I have to get just right. <laughs> and so I'm scurrying about here and figuring out this, and then I come back up here and I make sure that's in the right place, and then I go to the Sunday school area and I make sure that that looks uh, reasonably put together and we can do what we need to do there and I'm coming back and forth and in the midst of it I'm scurrying. Bishop Eaton's point was there's entirely too much scurrying on Sunday mornings and in our lives. And Jesus stands in the middle of all of it. As we circle around searching for power, the true power is there already to be seen. And it does not bring domination or a fight. It brings forgiveness. It brings unity. You know what we say about Jesus in this moment where Pilate turns him over to be crucified is that at the cross, all people were drawn to him. All the nations of the world were brought to him. Jesus isn't concerned what I think or what my neighbor thinks. 
or what any of us are determining for him. He simply wants to bring us together in his power and by his grace that we may know him not as one to scurry around but one to lift our lives and to lay them down with him to say you Lord are are the ruler of the kings of the earth at the back of your hymnal You'll find the uh, we'll find Luther's small catechism. Martin Luther's small catechism is there. Uh, I was supposed to look this up ahead of time. It is on page eleven sixty. It begins. There's a familiar phrase about kings. We say it often. Your kingdom come. We pray. So, in the Lord's Prayer on page 1163, you will find the second petition says, Your kingdom come. I want to read Luther's explanation here. Your kingdom come. In fact, God's kingdom comes on its own without our prayer. What does that mean? It means, in fact, God's kingdom comes even without our scurrying. But we ask in this prayer that it may also come to us. That we might stop and be in Him. How does this come about? Whenever our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit so that Through the Holy Spirit's grace, we believe God's holy word and live godly lives here in time and hereafter in eternity. That's the way Luther said it. Jesus said it this way. Everyone who belongs to the truth hears my voice. Whose voice do you hear today? Is it yours? Is it your pilot's? Who is ruling in your world? Who's forcing your scurry? Who's causing you to run? Hear the voice of truth. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. I will give you rest. You are forgiven, you are loved. We are one. Hear the voice of the ruler of the kings of the earth.
and rest in him. Amen.